Ladies and gentlemen, this is a look into the world of pop culture from an urban point of view. Here is Nubius Black and Black Listed. It's about to go DJ Academics introduce the team. Nubias Black Black Chaos.
cutting it up for you, giving you a debut cut and remix of the great song Straight Outta Compton from the, we thought, Grand, uh, Academy yeah. Award winning movie. What's up, DJ Academics? How you doing, brother? What's going on? All right. We also have here in the house, we have John the Seeker, Mr. Up? Intellectual. What's going on, brother? Oh, you know, you know. Minister of Defense, Chaos, what's happening? What's going on? Yo, what's up? This is going to be a special tribute origin story, if you will. We talked last week of how me and Chaos got into the world of professional wrestling. This week, we, we just wanted to delve into the mind of a maniac. And that maniac is DJ Academics. We just wanted to know, we wanted to ask some questions. Like, how did he get into this and what was his influences, so forth and so on. So, to start off a first question, and before we get, kick into another one of his original Mashups, remixes, redos. Uh, John the Secret, what question you have for academics on how he got into the hip hop game? Well, uh, did you just fall into it? Well, it actually started with Michael Jackson. I used to do the Michael Jackson. I used to do the Michael Jackson. And what happened, I was real good at it. So I would go around and my, my family members, cousins, and everything, because they all, my oldest cousins, he was always come back from like New York or Philly with the new dances. Yes. At the time before hip hop was hitting strong, I was doing Michael Jackson. So my my mother sent me over to school at Philadelphia, a private school, oh, okay. Clara Muhammad. So when I went there, I noticed the kids was doing something different. Instead of playing basketball, they pulled a, a radio out the bag, set it on the floor, and they were spinning around on the floor. I said, "Yo, I, what's that? What you doing right here?" He said, "Oh, this is called break dancing." So then I got into break dancing. I said, all right, now I'm going to come back home. And when my um, cousins and them come with new dances, I got something new. Wow. So when they came, they was pop blocking. But they never able, was able to ever really get the break dance down. Right, right. But I was dope with it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where right. I first started. Break and, and, that's, and, and break dancing and all that stuff was big. That was like the, you know... Before pop culture was called pop culture, you know, that was hip hop culture. Yeah. See, now when it's for everybody, it's pop culture. Pop culture. Right. When, it, when it was for us, it was called street music. And you were a yeah. B boy, or yep. you were a B girl. And break dancing, a lot of people, you know, that ain't hip to the, to the name itself was when they had a break in the song, just like you would do, you would extend that break with the beat and keep it going. So the dancers could dance during that break before the the chorus popped back. Exactly, exactly. And then for break dancing went from popping and locking, which is a style of like the freezing the joint joint manipulation, basically freezing your joints and uh, trying to outpose the other crew. Exactly. And then when you got into hardcore breaking is when you were actually doing a lot of uh, acrobatics, gymnastics, spinning around and on your head, and they still still do it to this day. Some of them are just not they just as Phenomenal to some of the stuff that these cats can do, but the music is like back before you, you know, when you were just coming up in it. My question to you is: Was it true that the DJ was not as important? The MC was basically introducing the DJ. No, actually, the DJ was important. Yeah, I'm saying the DJ was more important than the MC. The MC, the rapper, basically was talking about. The because DJ, they, what the to, DJ was going to do. To this day, they always say, I hear the young ones say, I don't care nothing about the the music or the beat. I always I care about the lyrics. I always say, like, okay, when you get in the party or you get somewhere and you want to rock the mic. Do what I can And you say, <laughs> and they say the DJ say, oh, you want to rock your song up there. 
The DJ said, okay. He said, I'm more important. The MC would say, I'm more important. He said, okay. The DJ just cut everything down. Just take the turntables away. Yeah, why, why even have Rock the crowd. Right. Can't do it. You need the music. So, so that answers the question. Because I always said, thought, that without the music, you can still have a dude rapping, but he ain't going to captivate the crowd and have you out there dancing while he's going to give a 25-minute uh, uh, audio <laughs> soliloquy on, on, on his visual uh, style. You know, he's going to need a beat. And I was always the opposite. I was always gravitated to the beat first. Yeah. Yes, and do. even even when it kind of got lost to me for a minute, like when uh, when Terminator X first came in and he had the Bomb Squad making his tracks for him and all that, Word. I didn't know where my brain was going with that because I didn't know what it, it was so many tracks layered on top of tracks, layered on top of tracks, that my brain couldn't comprehend it. They, you, they used, every, the Bomb Squad used every track that the track Tracks, sound effects, uh, the, the natural sound from birds and crickets. <laughs> I mean, they used everything, but then when you threw in, you know, on that point of view, when you had that, you needed somebody like Chuck to pull it all together. Exactly. Right? Chuck, Chuck, Chuck was the focus, and he, and, but the music wasn't really a background. The music was basically painting with a broad brush while Chuck was doing all the little details and flavor was the comedy relief. Yeah. But uh, I see where you're going with that. Yeah. Chaos, any questions for academics? What was the first hip-hop song that you really got drawn to or attracted to? Planet Rock. Planet Rock. Africa oh, yeah. Bambada and Soul Sonic Force. And where did that song come from? A bunch of Germans. <laughs> Nobody gives the Germans credit for that, man. Kraftwerk was a bunch of German. Uh, they did a. It called that music is called so many different things. It's called yeah. techno. Yep. It's called industrial. Yep. It's called a lot of things. New but New Age. But Kraftwerk was a bunch of German cats that used yeah. big old synthesizers before they were the size of cell phones. Now and uh, they came up with that uh, numbers. It was called numbers was the beat in the song. And, numbers was hot. And Africa Bambada didn't just take that. He went out to Germany. On one of his, just trying to get his name with the Soul Sonic Force, trying to get them. They weren't getting hearing him in, in America, right. even where he was at in, in, in New it York. Actually, you know, it was he went out to Europe and started rapping over numbers, and then they recorded it and switched it up, became Planet Rock. And he still can tour right now. They, they say he's nonstop touring. Yeah, and they love him in Europe, just like PE. Now we we're talking about last week how PE's music is so influential that it should be. Center stage on what's going on today. Exactly, it should be center should stage be, soundtrack. No different yeah. than Trouble Man back in the seventies. Mm-hmm. You know, with, with Marvin Gaye. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, their, their stuff is just what's needed to be heard right now. You know, they're busy complaining. You want to complain about yeah. Beyonce dressing like a Black Panther? Play some PE and let them do what they was doing. <laughs> so give us a quick beat. A quick, Academics, uh, let's hear something. A quick. Uh, Quick sample, if you will. Do what? what the beat Whatever you I, want. Um, this is your show. Okay. Uh, all right, let me see. I'll give you some, some of what I think would, like today would be, where well, I came up on how I got into mixing and cutting and stuff, and like a beat, something like that. Got a hell of a back. Top five, five, fuck, this is that. Like where the way I got into the beat sounding like this is um well actually I'm gonna start from the um 
from the beginning of how I became a DJ first. Alright. So the Capitol Skating Ring down in South Trenton. My mother used to work there. So I used to go there first and break dance and go to the party. I didn't break dance, I just broke ass because I didn't <laughs> skate nor dance. So they had back then it was DJ Ready Ready Red. Okay, shout out to him because he's yep. listening. He'll be listening. I actually started with him, and what happened was, while I was breakdancing, I was able to go on a DJ booth. So I went in the DJ booth. I'm seeing him cutting and scratching and turning back and forth. What was, was, was I looked like record players to me at first. I ain't, I never, I never seen a pair of turntables until I got there. So I asked him. I said, "Yo, man, you teach me how to do that?" He said, "Yeah." He said, "How bad you want it?" I said, I want it bad. I want, to be, uh, I, want it, I want that bad. I want to learn how to do that bad. So then, this is what happened. He said, all right, follow me. Grab them turntables. So I'm grabbing all these heavy-ass turntables and boxes. And, and he every day I'm coming there for like a month or two or three. I ain't touched no turntable. But I'm hooking up. He, I'm, I'm, I'm hooking up wires. Like you're learning how to push Like this. I don't know this, though. I'm ticked right. off because I'm young. So he said, stack these records up. So like at the third month, I'm like the karate kid. And, you right. know, you talk, man, you ain't teaching me shit, man. You you fronting. That's what we used right. to say. You fronting. I ain't, I don't want to. He said, hold up, hold up. Before you leave, I'm going to let you cut on the turntable. But this is what I need you to do. He said, hook everything up. Now we just brought in for the party and all this shit sitting on the floor. I'm like, I got to hook this shit up. Right. So I said, all right, if you want to, he said, you want to cut, do a hook it up. So I hooked up everything, and that's when I noticed, I said, wait a minute, that's it. Or he was teaching me how to actually hook this shit up. Because right. he can't be with you. Yeah. So I hooks everything up. Right? When I hooks everything up, I got it. I'm happy. So turn it on. I turn it on, plugged it up. Hit the, uh, hit the switch. No sound. I'm still trying to find out what the fuck is the sound. You know what I'm saying? Where is the sound? He said, he's sitting back eating eating McDonald's and find the sound. I said, why the fuck is this? What I'm doing wrong? Everything is lit up. It's going on the whole time. Think about the speaker's still on the back of the truck. uh, (laughs) So he said, go downstairs and get the speakers. I wrestle all these big ass speakers up by myself. (laughs) I'm excited. So we hooked it up. And it came from there. He started teaching me. From there, he started teaching me how to DJ. He said, all right, now you got to go home. You got to find how to get some turntables. Right, right. So, I'm I, desperate. When I was uh, in a senior in high school, like to make extra money, there used to be a local club around uh, where, where I lived at. And there was a DJ. His name was Butter. Right? Butter was big. Butter was maybe 300, 400-pound guy, right? And my job... Cause I would just carry, like you said, I carried his crates, yeah. carried his DJ equipment, hooked up his speakers. You know, that's back. You know, back in our day, those speakers was big. They looked like little caskets and shit. <laughs> Set up all the speakers, and then Butter would be like, "All right, I'm going on my break." And I'm like, "People still want to dance, Butter? You know, because you better get up there and let them dance." So I had I had to learn. That was a trial by fire, dude. Because I wouldn't, I didn't want to stare at the crowd. Because if I messed up, they know who I am. They're looking. Plus, I was underage, so I kept my back towards the crowd. And the only thing I was really good at, I was good at taking like, I don't know, uh, like a Shalimar song. You know, my back Shalimar. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that Mickey Freak dude looked like a chick. You think it was a man? Shalimar got this hot new chick out there. Turned out as a dude. 
You know, <laughs> so they, they, uh, there would be this hot shower march song going on, and I knew in my mind that that beat sounded a lot like, I don't know, like an Earth, Wind, and Fire riff. So I would go through them crates fast enough to find that song, and just by using my fingertips, because that's how I seen it done, slowing down the shower march song while slowly, you know, mixing in the Earth, Wind, and Fire song and yeah. letting it go. That's the only thing I was good at. I, I couldn't scratch. That's all they did. All I could do was blend back then. I could blend it. Come I couldn't in. scratch. I couldn't do any of that stuff. And then, like, now it's like an art form, man. You got, like, literally, like, if you consider it a it, grandmaster, it went to stage. Man. You had to. I was learning how to blend like that first, and then they started scratching. So then the scratches start getting better, so where they start having DJ competition. All right, I started getting in the DJ competition, you know, because that's what Red did. He did right. Parties and he did DJ competition. So I said, Well, I need it. Actually, the, the, uh, if I'm going to do the parties part, I need a, a actual person. So that's when I went and got my cousin, mm-hmm. Bart. They call him Bart the Ripper. And me and him actually hooked up together. When we hooked up together, we start working together. But he did mostly like the party music, mm-hmm. and I did mostly like the battles. Like he said, right, You know right. what? You want to battle? He said, I'm going to go get my cousin for your ass. And then I ain't going to do that. I, we, we, I do all the parties, but I got somebody. We started hooking up a team. So then, like, after that, the mixtapes came out. That's when I was, when Kid Capri came out. Right. Kid he Capri, he took it for to a, a whole nother level. Yeah, he's a local cat that made, made big. Yep. Kid Capri and uh, DJ Juice, which, which is uh, from yeah. Trenton. To me, like, DJ Juice was probably one of the dopest ever. But they don't give him the recognition. Right. But a lot of them guys he put under the put under the water with mixtape. Well, we're going to get back to that conversation, all right? All right? We're going to take a quick break. We're going to play one of your tunes. And then okay. we're going to come back and talk about DJ Juice. All right.
back with DJ Academics talking about DJ Juice, one of the unknown soldiers of the Trenton hip-hop scene who got him into the DJ game. Give us another quick spin. That's your thing when back in the day, you had the record, you put it right Yeah, yeah, on. back in the day, you had a guy who was putting the tape there on the spot. I was the tape dude. Got, Whenever uh, that break was in, they put a piece of tape right there so they knew tape. where to go. Now, the reason I played that one, that's one of my all time favorite beats. That beat is done by DJ Premier. And DJ Premier and Producer Wire is my top. That's how I got into producing. I saw listening to music. Uh, yeah, my mind just went blank. Uh, you know who I'm talking about. The Point Brother just passed away a couple of years ago. The rapper. He was the greatest rapper of all time, in my opinion. Uh, oh, man, they rapped over jazz all the time. Oh, um, that's. Premier is the DJ. Yeah, that's Guru. Guru. Oh, man. That's my favorite. Guru is the best. Runner up to Public Enemy. Yep. Who was the name of the, the rapper? The Gangstar. Gangstar. And Guru. The Guru, he did an album, right, uh, before he passed to raise money for Katrina. Mm. And it, he took all genres of music and he rapped over like classical music, uh, old blues, uh, hip hop, rock and roll. The rate, and, it, and it didn't get a lot of airplay. It probably got no airplay, but it was a fantastic uh, piece of work. He raised a lot of money. And I think he died of cancer or something like that. Was wow. Yep, he died. 2 that cardiac arrest because it was from complications of cancer yep. Yep. at the age of 48. He was a young cat. I remember when I found out we were going to the movies and I ran into you at the movies and yeah. you told me he died. That's, yeah, that's what he did. Really passed away. Wow. Man, that gangsta was a dad, boy. Yeah. That's it. The other one beat, beat right there. It's playing. And uh, what did you think of... Uh, uh, Jam Master J in this conference. Jam Master J, yeah. he was one of the greatest DJs ever because to get on, one of the hardest things to do out of DJing is actually do a show and keep live, yeah. keep low, live show because you gotta keep, you gotta keep, you gotta, you, you gotta be the one to lead the MC, keep the MC, MC going. So a lot of times. The MC can mess up, but the DJ can fix up. He can cover it up. He can fix up because all the MC has to do if he mess up, he just get the crowd into it. Yo, put it up. Yeah, if he gets the words, he'll put the mic up. But the DJ, if he skipped the record or something, everybody knows something happened. Right, right, right. They say, whoa, because you the beat skip, you're like, oh, you want to stop it? <laughs> yeah, you don't want to stop. You got to keep it going. But see, Jam Master J was the type. It wasn't no mistake. 
I can't remember seeing him back going, seeing him making a mistake on the turntable. Right? He was on point. That's why uh, Run DMC was able to, you know. Sometimes they said they had to turn around. They never had to turn around. Say, you ready, Jay? Right. He was always. He was. Right. He would ask them, "Y'all ready?" Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You ready? Him. He's on point. I yeah. keep up. When I was in another one of my high school days. I used to have to, it was almost like a prisoner swap. I would have to go to New York. My cousin would have to come down here. And at the few times in the summer that we were in New York together, we would sit out there right in, uh, in the Queensboro. And, and it was all like the, uh, it was in the hood, straight up ghetto. I'll never forget the color. The walls were always that military green, you know, like that thick ass lead paint everywhere. Yep. everywhere. So we were down there. We would waste time, you know, we didn't have to, you know, stay out of trouble, play some basketball, had basketball courts and stuff, we were playing basketball, and uh, this car, like a, uh, like a big caddy or something, nothing, nothing new, would come and the guys would pull out their speakers, some car batteries, turntables, and not, I, I didn't know what I was looking at then, because they weren't big, they weren't nothing yet, they were just still local act, mm-hmm. that they would be driving in from, uh, Long Island and coming to the Queens and put on free shows, you know, in the basketball club. We would all have to stop and watch Jam Master Jay would come out, Run would come out, you know, DMC and Russell Simmons would drive the car. They started that all over. All that. People the basketball courses and stuff, all in training. They would go to Rucker Park and you know Rucker Park was like a basketball mecca. It still is. Rucker Park is. Any of you guys out here listening, y'all want to see some good street ball, go to Rocket Park. Rocket if Park. you can find a spot to stand at, or you have to go across the street and go up on the rooftop and watch. Yeah. Okay. But uh, we would get free concerts watching these up-and-coming guys, not knowing that they were going to be as big as they were. Right. And then, ironically enough, we had two guys, two people that were big in the hip-hop game in the 80s and 90s living in the same building. We didn't know it. Okay. Uh, this girl used to chase my cousin Kyle around. And that was the first female rapper I've ever heard. And that was the first hair. It wasn't even a hair weave. It was like hair on a comb. They just shoved it in. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. She had one of them comb ponytail joints. And she was just jamming her head. And that's when uh, Roxanne Shine. Roxanne Shine. Oh, okay, okay. But she was like they rap, you know, UTFO did the song about yeah, her. She was the answer to it. She was really good. Shantae that was, was she good. was the first female to beat rap, to yeah, beat guys in rap. rapping. Yeah, she was beat good. Was beating guys. I remember she had braces. She was a young little thing, and then we would like make fun of her. Then the guy downstairs was like real quiet kid. Uh, didn't want to play basketball. Didn't want to hang out. And, you know, cause trouble. He stayed home, or he, his grand, he lived with his grandparents. He used to ride a BMX. That was the big thing back. You know, his parents, grandparents would take him out to the track, and he would run to the BMX. Breaks his leg, comes home, uh, can't do DMX no more. He broken legs. So his grandparents got turntables, microphones, and stuff. We just hear him downstairs, you know, making him making noise. We thought, right? And years go by. <laughs> I'm back here. I'm working. Got a job, and I go to the movies. I take a girl to the movies. We go see Crush Group. Remember Crush Group? Right. Oh, and I went to see it because a, I like Sheila E. Right. And Run DMC was gonna be in. It. So I'm watching it, and I'm like telling this chick, yeah, I knew those guys. I knew right, them. Right. Yeah, I, mean, I met them, but I didn't never talk to them. Right. But the next guy that shows up, that's, they're showing they got an actor playing, uh, uh, not Russell Simmons. Uh, Russell Simmons was played by uh, 
What the hell is this? Blair Underwood. Blair Underwood. And who was playing Rick Rubin? There was a, some other white actor playing Rick Rubin. And he was doing like an audition scene. Yeah. And then this big black dude came out with a radio, sat it down, and hit the button. And I was like, holy crap. Is that Jay? And it was the kid that was downstairs. And he was calling himself LL Cool J. LL Cool We knew him as Little J. Right. I, didn't, I was like, that's James Smith. He's right, called Little J. Right, right, right. Because he, if you watch him to this very day, when he ain't licking his lips and shit, he kind of creeps me out. <laughs> if you look at his, I want to say it's his right pants leg. He always rolls it up in a cup. And that's the paying homage to when he used to ride the BMX bikes because his pants legs got caught in the chain. So that's my little bit of rap knowledge that I had. That's the history well, I, I watch uh, Crush Crew, but my all-time favorite movie that hit every Beat Street. Beat Street with well, who was in it? Street. Who was in it? Who was the guy coming out the garbage can? You see if you remember. It's my daughter's favorite actor. Out the garbage can. Remember? I know the worming out the garbage can. Because there's so many and Dougie Fresh is Dougie in it Fresh in it And the Kumo dance Kumo is, in it. is in it But there was a dancer That came out the garbage can Look at him It's Ben Diesel Oh Oh yeah that's right It is <laughs> in oh, okay. Ben Diesel Ben Diesel He had like a Jufro He was this light skin brother Out there And he was doing like The worm and yeah, some shit Yeah Ben oh, Diesel like, is Ben Diesel out there that, I like that movie too But it was always funny That they lived in like A, a tenement or something Remember And they spray painted The whole baby's room you know that I used to do that shit. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you can't even do it outside without ready to pass out. And they're gonna spray paint the baby's room right. with, with spray paint. Go here, baby. Go in here. Oh, baby, sleep so well. I used to go. <laughs> I used to go up there with my cousins and with some of they and some of their friends, and it'd be smelling like like it's Straight about up, to blow up, up in the room. Blow the hell up. We like, used to do that shit all the time, and nothing more disrespectful than if you walked up and you painted on somebody else's stuff, or they painted on your stuff. Knowing that we don't own the stuff we're painting on. That's that how was the odd part. The original and you Rainbow, have some serious, you have some serious, uh, you know, fighting. fighting. You yeah. fight over that, and, you know, wasn't no dance fight either, like the break dancing and shit. West Side Story. You had to take me knuckles to the head over, yeah. paint, over spray paint. Right. The fights didn't last long because everybody's lungs was all collapsing from the dance <laughs> spray paint. And, um, I actually got to break dance against those guys. I like the New York City breakers when they came to oh, the wow. capital. Yeah, I actually got. I met the uh, met them guys. That must have been fun, man. Yeah, that was the good stuff, man. I don't care what anybody says. Not like that. Nowadays, you couldn't get a group of guys to dance in front of another group of guys without somebody saying something asinine and somebody pulling out a gun and acting like a fool. <laughs> we didn't have to worry about that. No, no. man. Not, but we had them tight ass breakdancer costumes on. You wouldn't even pack a gun in. And see, that's what it didn't. The, the reason I didn't get influenced by the, the clothes and stuff like that, I'm not gonna lie to you. One, one, uh, Grandmaster uh, Flash and all of them came out. I couldn't do the. I, I, I was too young to wear the. Wear the they, they, they wore anything <laughs> they wanted to wear. Right, I couldn't right. look. Yeah. They just, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. Yeah, it made me think. You, you, brought up way out there. you bring up a good point. Back then, Chester was six. They all had matching gear on. Uh, any of the any force and these even they dressed kind of the same and they always had the jerry curls with muscle bound and all these bodybuilders with the high heel boots and stuff like but Grandmaster Flash and them they all came out like they all had their own thing they looked like uh, it wasn't until that really to tell you the truth where it looked where the look 
Well, I got to look because we was wearing the stuff that Run DMC was wearing. Right, right. And but they, they hit the stage, and when they start wearing the Adidas and stuff like yep. that, it was a whole big shift. What was the What was the name of, uh, oh my God, my brain is just Village People. Grandma's oh, fashion yeah. reminded me of like a rugged Village People. The yep. Flash had like a leather jacket with a lightning bolt on it. You had a motherfucker with a cowboy hat. Yeah, the Hindi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some dudes, but yeah, I'm you been struck with muscles, 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 leather. Like a body I said, I couldn't wear. Oh yeah, I couldn't wear. Yeah, earrings, uh, earrings down to their chest. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I wanted to look like that, but I was a little skinny dude, so I couldn't portray. I, I, said, I was side. young. I was still. I said, man, I ain't going. I, I, I want to be the sweatsuit or something. I wasn't into it. But then, as the years go on. The way I got into producing, like I said, from Pete Rock. Pete Rock was good, too. Pete Rock and DJ Premier. Yes, Once I started getting into that and I finally got an MPC, that's what you see me triggering on on Facebook. It was a rap from there. And a lot of guys that started from there. Like I said, I got a big, I got to shoot, give a shout out to all of them in Trenton. Uh, and all of them first and foremost nobody ever give him give him a shout out and if he listening he know I always give a shout and always send wise wise is one of the uh, most intelligent wise intelligent and poor wise teacher really yep. all one of the top groups of all time because it's white people know about him and they listen to him and that's first, first and foremost peace out to him uh, of course, DJ Juice. DJ Juice is another the backbone of trend. You know, uh, host a lot of other. My cousin, you know, Bart the Ripper, and um, Ready Red. Ready I Red. gotta say Red because he, I, I wouldn't be no me if it wasn't for Red. Ready Red, I used to think was so full of shit because I didn't know he used to always tell he used to come right around the block, dude. He was dating the girl and Leslie, right around the block. Got a funny college. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he, and, he, and he was always telling us he was a DJ. I'm DJ Ready Red. We're like, man, get the hell out of here. And one day there was a, uh, my, my wife would know the name of this place because I didn't go to a lot of the clubs. There was a local club not too far from here and there was like a team, you know, 18 and under, you can go in there. Lady B was doing a concert there and Red. Not, it wasn't an electric playground. That's one of them. This one was like towards the Florence area. I remember the electric and playground. Electric playground in the But DJ Ready Red, we, I went there at one time and I seen him up there doing his thing. And yep, he had that, he had that uh, perm joint, you know, and his hair turned reddish. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yep. and, and he was a red bone anyhow, so right. he, that's what he went with. Ready, Ready Red, Red was the man, dude. He was really good. He taught me. Once he taught me, yeah, he right. taught me right. I did juice right before the juice. The juice had got dope, man. He he makes some videos now. Yeah, that's videos. Cool. Yeah, he makes videos. Okay, okay. So he was checking. I tell everybody they could check him out. Along on he's right on Facebook, Instagram, everything. He got, I think on Facebook he go by buying shorts now. All right. So so the, the, the clothes that this you know. We ain't closing it out because you ain't gone. You still <laughs> yeah. doing your thing. What's the future, you think, in the hip-hop world? Because well, we did the whole progression of the beginning of, uh, you know, uh, Sugar Sugar Hill Gang. You yeah. got to give them credit. Even though they ain't right there on shit, that they stole it. You know, but, yeah. but, but, but Sylvia Robinson. That would be a whole story altogether. But 
Then you had the conscious rap with uh, 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 Public Enemy and uh, uh, you know EPMD and all those guys. KRS One, one of the greatest. Yeah. And, and X Clan. X Clan. Oh my God! They were posting X Clan stuff, dude. I was like, man, y'all just trying to get white people all fired up. Because <laughs> I'll be playing that shit at work, and they'll be like, man. <laughs> He's got that X music. <laughs> Whatever happened to them? Dude, I don't know, but they were fantastic. A lot of them was doing the same thing as public enemy. You know? They were activists. They, you know, speak upon, speak and do stuff with the Black Panthers, with the uh, Islamic Nation. They, that's what. They oh, I, when I was young, though, I didn't get it at all. I didn't oh, no. get, but I got it. But I African didn't get culture. it. Yeah. I seen. I looked. The visuals were hooked. Right. I seen the vision, I was like, you know, that's what I'm talking about. Yes. That is what I like. It's I like that. Yeah, yeah. And then when no, talking, it should have been hitting now. Think about, way think about it, though. Time. When they were talking back then, in the, the hip-hop game, like the lingo was, you know, yeah, boy, you know, and all that. You yeah. know, it was, it was kind of more playful. But then when, uh, what was his name, the lead guy that did, did the talking? Oh, Brother Jake. Uh, oh, Jake. my God. He would go out there, and he, each song, he would start off with like a, a, a three-minute speech. Yeah. And Brother lay Jake, it down. And then call you a sissy. Yeah. Right in the <laughs> Oh, my God. He was bad. I mean, it's like, you didn't know if you wanted to dance to this or go out and beat somebody up. You know what I mean? Because I had a good beat. It sounded good, but then you listen to what they're talking about. It's like, man. I should be getting mad about this shit. Deep, deep, deep deep stuff. So where's it going now, though? I don't see that deepness in any of it now. Kendrick Lamar is touching it. Because right now, the kids today don't know nothing about what we just got them talking about. And he's hitting that nerve. And they parents is like, oh, you can't listen to that. His tape was, I I heard his CD. And I, I was me and my wife said that's I'm gonna listen to it all. I said every song that tape that CD is smoking, good, smoking man, yeah. And what happened? Uh, um, Beyonce mm-hmm. coming, you know that her that that's when we gotta start taking the music back. But we got so many of them chasing the, the, the dollar to try to get a quick dollar, yeah. so we're not knowing that. Yo, he, they making billions off your music while he give you a million Dude. or two or something off of it. It's funny that way. You can spin off one. You know, Ducktail, what the academics just said, after the Academy Awards, Chris Rock did his sign-off, making Black Lives Matter, this, that, and the fourth. They were playing a Public Enemy song. They didn't get permission from Public Enemy to play that song. Oh, really? No. But here's the thing. Public Enemy didn't own the song anymore. The right. rights reverted back to Warner Brothers. That's so, Warner Brothers is trying to get in on it, right. but not let nobody that they know they're trying to get in on it. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, Yeah, so, that, so, as long as we got you representing the past, the present, and the future of hip-hop, if we have more like we're in good hands. Yeah. That's how I look at it. That's how I look at it, too. I mean, I touched some of the new stuff. And I don't, you know, I don't want to knock them for what they do. It's not what they, what they doing. It's what they letting them do. What they letting them do. They them take over their sound. Cause half of them, I can hear a lot of people before they came out, and they before they came out, and they actually didn't sound it. I, I, that's what gets me. If I hear 
Wu Tang, I want to hear Wu Tang. I want, you know, even with Drake before a lot of them are hearing Drake now, I heard how he was before. Mm-hmm. I heard how he was before when they didn't hear him. I was hearing this dude freestyle right, and do his they thing. Commercialized him. And I know that this is not where he when he came out. The record company and them they changed they it. They commercialized it. It turned him into something. But when he what? actually go, when he what happens to them when they actually go independent and say, okay, now I'm free agent. I'm gonna make my album the way I want it to. Like a lot of the other ones do, they fade in the wind because they they they, they used to whatever whatever you was doing then because the records the record company changed it. Well, hopefully we can kind of keep a steady course, even if those guys go out there and make all that money with their really weak ass watered down version. <laughs> what they call hip hop, and people like you to keep it going the way it's supposed to be. So we gonna sign off with one of your beats. We're gonna have played at the end of this episode, and with that we would like to say you know. Stay, stay black. Same black time, same black channel. Chaos, where we go? With that, we say fade the black. Peace. <laughs> Master, why do you laugh? Tell me, what's the real reason for you coming to Shaolin? Shaolin.